This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Now it just feels like we're like in the retirement home and we're all just old as fuck and no one says anything anymore, <laughs> right? Jeremy's like, it's pretty windy out. And I'm like, no, it's Thursday. And then KYT's like, yeah, me too. Let's get a beer. KYT would never say that much. That's true. <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mice they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. Everybody was metagaming against each other because we saw each other's decks. Jay Boosh. I'm not going to ask a homeless guy for a deck idea, okay? I'm going to give the guy some change and, you know, probably half my sandwich. Jeremy. As the 18th member, I promise the listeners that I will get that man to talk more. <laughs> that is my commitment to you. And Matt. We're talking about getting matching Blood Moon tattoos. Find a friend and then make a deck in an eternal format. It feels really good. And now, the A-Team. I don't know what to say. Hmm. Use your Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we haven't had like a fun show like that in so long. Uh, right. Uh, man, I don't want to do the Boston accent. I feel like it's so bad. And I didn't... Oh, I should have studied fucking Donald Trump and done a Trump intro. Kyle, just make this the intro, where I just ramble on for, like, a long time, trying to figure out what to do for, like, the 300th episode. <laughs> then, like, nothing's really good enough, because it's, like, 300 episodes, and we've been doing this for, like, eight years. And then, do, eventually... Do a, do a Hamilton intro. Hamilton. Yeah. What's that? Like the Broadway musical Hamilton. Like sing a song, but do it A-Team style. Uh, like, uh, f- what? Like, a uh, f- parody <laughs> song? Yeah. Like, welcome to the A-Team episode. <laughs> we tried to get it done. Like two weeks ago, but Skype is a piece of shit. A piece of shit. Uh, Skype is a piece of shit. Okay, I like this. Of... I like this. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is working. This is working. You're interrupting the show, you fuckers. Now the guy on stage is just standing there, yelling at the crowd because the lights are too bright and I can't see who's talking. I can't see you. But I know you're out there. Turn your damn phones off. There's signs. Uh. Anyways. Welcome to episode like two ninety nine point nine 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 nine. I'm Jay Bush. I am uh, an original, long-standing member of the. Today <laughs> I uh, have not been on uh, every single episode, but uh, I've been on a lot of them. Eh? And yeah. 
And then I got a KYT with me for episode 300. Right, right. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. And <laughs> 300. That's a lot of episodes. Right. I've only missed maybe... Well, some would say I've missed at least 200 of them, but yeah. <laughs> realistically, I've missed less than five, probably less than five. So you I've think it's less than time. five? There I think it's less no than five. No way. I think it's five. Wow. I, over and under, I would set it at six. You set the line, you set the line to six? I you can't set the line, set the line at six. 6.5. I'll set the line to six. I keep, I keep Why can't you set the line to six? Because he doesn't want to draw. Then you can't have a draw. If you yeah, say the line is at six, then you're over or you're under six, so you can't pick six. Oh, man, you guys are so good at gambling. you have to say 6.5, so you go okay. below so it's six, six You're left. setting it at 6.5? Okay, that's probably oh, too low. Okay. You're right, you're right. Okay, <laughs> there we I go, snap, that's this week's like contest, I people. Snap, take the over. <laughs> I snap, take the over. Don't, you don't take I mean, the over on 10. I don't, I don't think you take the over on, like, 9.5. No, I think no. I, yeah, I think I missed like one. We can say an average of like one or two per but year. Then, like, is that counting? So. Is that counting like the number of episodes that you like show up late for and or just don't say anything except for goodbye at the end? After <laughs> well, that's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of yeah. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so other than uh, lying, the original to you, members. <laughs> yeah, other than the original members who are just blatantly lying to you, there's also. A member who's been here for some number of shows. <laughs> at least six. I set the line at six like, and a half. Six and a half for sure. Jeremy Scumbag Schofield. Hello, hello, hello. Still I'm not sure. Like, we were just rehashing a whole bunch of stuff, and it was pretty funny. I wish that there was an 18 yearbook. I'm not sure, yeah. like, how it works with Jeremy, but I remember Jeremy was saying that he remembers that when he first came on the show... We told him he had to quit Monday Night Magic because we couldn't have somebody be on both shows. They had to be, if they were going to be on the A-Team, they were, like, dedicated to the fucking A-Team. And I kind of remember yeah. talking about that. I had a garbage little project I was working on, and I was even told I wasn't allowed to do that. <laughs> wow. Like, I had That's... a solo project that I wasn't allowed to do. I have to say that I'm really hoping that that wasn't me, but... Uh, no, that was Scott. I think, Scott I think it was told. because of Medina, because, like, KYT was saying, like, when Medina was on, he, like... I th- I'm pretty sure he was doing another show called, like, Garbage, and then... <laughs> and then he, there was, like, times where he would, like, skip our show or be late to our show because Garbage was taking up the most of his time. So then... I remember thinking, like, well, if we're going to have somebody replace this guy, like, I'm not fucking dealing with this again. And Scotty was like, I hear you. I feel you, bro. I, I'm still surprised Jeremy got, got told, especially when it was, like, a solo project that wasn't, you know, that popular. <laughs> Whereas Medina... I'm surprised I have to find this out that Scotty didn't tell Jeremy had to, like, quit his job. <laughs> yeah, no, but you, the, the, the part that we, we haven't even touched on was that I was told it was because of the sponsor. <laughs> right, right. That makes that, sense to me. It wasn't because, like, we don't want to deal with you being a bullshit going between <laughs> other people. It was like, oh, we'll just tell them the face to face doesn't allow it. <laughs> That's probably true, knowing Sal. Uh, but Scotty probably talked to Sal a lot more than I did. I think the, the issue with the Medina show was because Untap was a ripoff of the A team. And then. Oh, like every show? Oh. Yeah, so for him to, like, do two shows that were just. 
similar to each other just didn't make sense at all so i i'm yeah uh, without that podcast tidbit you just you just added jerry i would have had no clue why like i would have been fine because i didn't i didn't i never told you that i'd do like a news type show and then come on and, and do this type of show i think they're definitely slightly a lot different in, in tone and feel so well, I the reason be- that kyt is saying this is because as soon as we mentioned this jeremy was like fucking kyt ditches us all the time for rachel merck i was a lot worse before though i actually you, did you've done crazy it twice. talk yeah you've done it twice you started other magic podcasts without talking to us first twice yeah, so what I didn't, no one ever gave me a stern talking to. So I started Crazy Talk, which is a LBC podcast, and I started Men from Moto with uh, Josh Frango and Kenji and Gashira. We started that to be more limited and MTGO focused, sort of. So, sort of uh, did three at the same time at one point, which was kind of crazy considering now that I'm totally scaling back. But yeah, good times, good times. Um,. And then there's there's someone else, Jay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sorry, there is somebody else. <laughs> he is the national videographer for the nation <laughs> Islam or something. I don't know. Oh, uh, I'll take it. Judging by his picture from this week's GP with the with the quite the beard on him, actually, I was I was quite impressed and uh, and doing a, a solid four four finish. We have uh, Matthew McConaughey Mendoza. I just assume that's your middle name, Matthew McConaughey Mendoza. You you were not far off. Oh, nice. yeah, it's Jacob. I mean, McConaughey ah! is like really close. Right? Yeah. No, it sounds very. <laughs> they share a couple letters. Yeah. 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 So my beard backstory for my beard it has been growing for uh, a long time, but like I trimmed it on my wedding day. And so far, three months you, yeah. and two days into being married, I have not yet uh, trimmed my beard, and I do not plan to until my first anniversary. Mm. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Now, do you grow length, or does it just come in fuller? Um, my beard is really thick. Yeah. And uh, I have not grown it more than like an inch and a half or two so i don't actually know oh okay so like i used to have like a gandalf beard because uh i'm assuming because of my native american heritage like i can't grow uh facial hair in some places that's like a genetic thing that happens to us and uh but like i can grow my beard like my goatee hair so i used to have a gandalf's goatee kind of thing uh, and then uh and then this I think I've told the barber story before where he just shaved it off without asking me. But now that that's happened, since that's happened, whenever I grow my beard, uh, it comes in, like, so fucking thick, uh, which is, I guess, kind of good. I'd rather have a thick beard than a long, stringy beard. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so I just wondered if, like, your beard grows long or if it just kind of – some of those beards, like Zach Sells Magic. What's that guy's first, last name? Zach something? Sells He's Magic. A cool guy. Oh, Sells. Yeah, Sells. Right, right, right. So he, uh, he fucking, his, his beard <laughs> looks just like it just grows in on itself, like just over and over and over. It's a wall of beard. Yeah, it is wall of beards for sure. Yeah. Mine is basically as thick. Uh, it just grows and folds. Yeah. So, 
Uh, I have discovered some really cool new beard products from Amazon called Spartan's Den. Uh, shampoo, conditioner, and beard oil. And then I have a nice badger hair brush that I use. And, oh, man. I've badger gotten, hair? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck, man? I've gotten like some red wall so many compliments on the way that my beard smells. Because it smells fantastic. <laughs> I've gotten Who is asked, smelling your beard? Uh, my wife. Oh. Well, so, really but cool. I have gotten asked before by people who've wa- who've walked Just by me like if I have. Bus? Uh, no, it was it was actually Steve. He was under the bridge. Uh, we were hanging <laughs> out the other day. Uh, we were playing dice, and he got real close to me, and he was like, "You know, Lucky man, nines? my my beard usually smells like shit and uh and turpentine, but yours." Yours, man, it smells like expensive cologne. And badgers. And badgers. badgers. Did you fuck a badger with your beard? <laughs> no, I raised one with I raised oh, one with Oh shit. It just like grew out of your face. <laughs> to raise a badger. Just raise just badger. wake up in the morning and there's a badger <laughs> cuddling your face. Alright, what kind of badger is this? It's a Roy's a badger. Hey. Yeah, they don't tell you there's different beard achievements. That once you grow your beard, you know, you know, you hit the two inch mark. They, a, a, a you know, a family of badgers moves in with you. You know, at, at like six inches, you get a small bear. Oh shit! Like a real bear. Like it just shows up. It's really weird. Fucking sweet. So I'm looking forward to that one. Nice. <laughs> this is by uh, far the stupidest ATM intro. No way. <laughs> No way! I sang a song Shit like this. We'd have the show going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh uh, man. Yeah, that's a sweet segue. Jeremy is the king of segues here. Uh, so, what do we want to talk about this episode, bros? Well, let's rip the bandaid off. Uh, yeah, see, he had to do it before Mendoza did it. Uh, Mendoza was going to do it. Yeah, yeah, go for the it. The last time we were close to something like this, he, like, immediately jumped at it. He just wanted yep. to rip that band off. I think he's got, like, a little fetish. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Like, All right, fine. Know. Go for it. Well, you already fucked us. <laughs> uh, so, the show is going on an indefinite hiatus. So. That's right, people. Mendoza comes on the show, and then it dies. And then it <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is Jared, Jared with the shots tonight. Savage. I mean, it's hard to believe that, like, almost a year ago, I saved the show. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's ever said that, but <laughs> it is hard to believe because it's a lie. Oh! <laughs> I like this version of the plan better, where we just take shots at each other and just get. <laughs> Toxic state before we like say sign. That's how the show started. Remember when Smitty was on? Ugh. (laughs) Whoa, I love that guy. (laughs) Not really. Oh! Oh, Oh, Savage Millblade for life. (laughs) I remember when I came on the show as a guest after GP Vancouver and I mentioned that I like to do, I like to build some of Smitty's decks. 
And I remember Jay just kind of like doing this groan where like I could hear his eyes rolling back in his head. <laughs> like they rolled and out of like, my head. And yeah, I just like completely <laughs> lost him. Right off. I, I just I remember getting on and Mendoza's like, yeah, I'm only going to be on for a minute. And Yali's like, so were you good or did you just get lucky? And then he just fucked off. And it was just like, oh, like shots in the gut. And then I talk about Smitty and then I lose Jay. And it's just like, this is so bad. This is not going well. <laughs> Oh, man. And then every time that happens, these guys convince me to bring that person on the show permanently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, when Jer came on, remember, I was surprised that... I felt like I was surprised that he was already permanent. I thought we were just going to scan through a few candidates. But yeah. uh, then we did the Lansdale oh, Jeremy man. episode, yeah, which was, was well, yeah. one of the best intros we've ever done. And yeah, yeah, was that, so that was it. Good. It was so good. Was when it? he, like, ordered the... What was it? Lansdale's Angels or something? <laughs> no, no, that was Smitty's Angel. Oh, yeah, Smitty's but Angels, yeah. Lansdale had to pretend that he was a new fourth member, and obviously he got a lot of Twitter hate, which was kind of sad in a way, uh, because, like, Chris is a great guy. Uh, he can be yeah, but uh, he's like, overzealous I, I've sometimes. Facebook kind of recently, and he's, like, doing... He seems like he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So people were like angry that he was the new guy. So uh, thanks, Chris, a lot for, for being such a good sport at that. Oh, time. absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we figured for the last episode. I don't. We, nobody really wants. Well, not nobody. I mean, I don't. I don't know how the other guys feel. Uh, really wants to talk about fucking magic. Why change something that hasn't been happening for like a year? So, Whoa! I do uh, want to. I don't want to hear how Matt Matt's like totally bombed at four four though a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, oh yeah, we definitely want to hear about that. We don't want to hear about Matt. <laughs> Those are cheating. Right, I did right. get to do some sick turn two like Madcap experimenting for Platinum Imperion. Ooh, that was fun. I know what all of those words mean, but I don't know what you said. <laughs> uh, it's what happens right before they just fucking uh, terminate your golem, or it's kind of oh. like blowing your load and then getting pathed. No, I got oh. there. Yeah, we, we had, me and Jared in our yeah, deleted episode. No, but in the last two weeks, I've been talking about how I've been playing your fucking dumpster fire of a deck on Leagues Online for like two weeks straight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And? Um, I don't know if I have the right list, but the deck is so confused. So confused. Okay. Like, no, you're not playing Titans and Acid Moss and... I'm playing... I'm playing the the list I found in your Facebook group. Okay. It's got Acid Moss, it's got Inferno Uh. Titans, it's got your Platinum Imperion thing. Oh, yeah, I'm not playing Acid Moss and Titans. I'm playing Storm Breath, four Storm Breath, four Madcap Experiment, two Imperion, two Chandra, Stone Rain, uh, four Stone Rain, two Molten yeah, Rain, three Beast Within, four Blood Moon, ten Accelerators, twenty one Land. And I think that's the main deck. Yeah. Four Bonfire. Yeah. I like all the cards in there except for the Stone Rains. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, we, we've actually been... Lands, it has to be a ramp deck, and it, being both is just silly. Okay. Every time I play it, I'm just like, why am I doing this? 
Like, I, I don't mind being a moon deck where you're just like, I'm going to stomp you with big fat creatures and blood moon you on turn two every now and then. Um, but the yeah. whole blowing up lamps just is so, so bad in modern. Unless you can well, blow right up now lots of Right now it is. Like, I'm convinced that the deck is misbuilt. It's, it's built more for a mid-range metagame. And this is not a mid-range metagame. Yeah, it's like... I don't want to blow up lands. I don't want those. The the acid moss. When I look at them, they just read four mana rampant growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, we agree. That's why we cut them. At yeah. least for now. So, so yeah, just get rid of get rid of the. It it should just be red green like red green big. Yeah, that's what we're. Thinking. That's actually you're good. on the you're on the same wavelength that we are actually. Okay. So because yeah, that's why I think I did stand, so poorly. Just, is that like I just. I just, I moon people out game one, or I hit the Imperion thing, and then they kill it, because you put out an 8-8 that can't fucking defend itself versus anything, and it dies immediately. And then they side into stuff to get rid of it, and you side out, like, every game one that I show that combo, I immediately side it out. And then I win all my game threes or game twos, because I cast Thrun, and mm-hmm. nobody can beat that card. Like, why isn't Thrun in the main deck? Because he's just that fucking good. So... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. traditionally he hasn't been that good, so no, it's he's just, awesome. It's just changing, awesome. like it's Best just. Card a... deck. Okay, he's in the side. <laughs> <laughs> My match wins are Thrun. It's like I'm not playing Ponza. I'm playing Thrun. Yeah, we we talked about making like. So, do you think you need to turn to Blood Moon in this format? Like, do that, I need to? Yeah. I don't need to. Do I want to? Yes. Okay. But do I need to? No. Okay. We were questioning the presence of ramp. In the deck. Questioning the presence of what? The ramp element. Like, should it should it just be something... Should it be, like, bolts and just other different interactive cards? Or should I it put be two more cards? birds in and some bolts. Yeah, that sounds good. I'd go with that. Okay. Anyway, look at us, talking about magic. <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. Hey, uh, how long till Trump wins? Oh, shut Ugh. your fucking mouth. It's Tuesday. It's, 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 it's election day. Uh, 136 for Trump, 104 for Clinton right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, um, personally, insanity. I want the Trump to win. <laughs> and why I want the Trump to win is for this reason. Um, for the last fucking year, I've been seeing everybody who fucking throws Canada out as a consolation prize, like, oh, if so-and-so wins, I'm moving to Canada. Oh, yeah. And if <laughs> motherfuckers are going to move to Canada, I'd rather it be Hillary's people moving to Canada than Trump's people moving to Canada, so... <laughs> I guess, yeah. but... Trump like can still. win, and all of those fuckers can stay in the U.S., and Mendoza, you can come up here, and you can fucking hang out with us. Uh, and, hey, I'm a construction guy, maybe there'll be some fucking wall-making work. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You gotta get lights on that wall. I can do it. Hey, man, I've been doing concrete. I know how to do concrete. <laughs> this is looking a lot yeah. closer than it should be. I know. I, I, I'm i waiting for it to go out west and just to get Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada. Like, yeah. I'm waiting for these West Coast uh, electoral college <laughs> uh, sluggers to... You know what I'm sick of? is the fucking election. How do you guys deal with an election the last two fucking years? 
Like, yeah. our election is 42 days. That, and that's a long time. Like You guys have regulations and shit, right? I don't know what that means. Like, what do you mean like, in regard mean? to what? Like, how, like, you have regulations to how long your elections can last, and you have... Oh, fuck. I don't know. Who knows? You're asking a Canadian okay. about the Canadian election. They yeah, we, 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 we do and we don't. Like, some of the provinces... Uh, one of the things that happened in this election is that it actually went longer than it was supposed to, our last one. Okay. So they're going to put rules in to kind of limit how long it can go. Because it actually, the, the Conservative Party of Canada, who is <clears throat> less conservative than your Democratic Party. Yep. yep. So your, your guys' Democratic Party would be like a very heavy right-leaning party in Canada. Huh. Yeah. Must be nice. So... Yeah. Um, so yeah, they had they had they had the biggest war chest, and they they made the election period longer than it's usually. But yeah, for our thing, the only thing that you really see for people polling and stuff like that is uh, I, I haven't seen too much of the NDP stuff. I've been at work uh, while they've been in play for the most part. But when the conservatives were in power, uh, I always got little mailers about like what they're doing in government because they have a budget for that and they're allowed to spend money on that. And they were quite literally every time they came out, they were conservative ads. You know, we're leading Canada strong and stuff like that and doing all this bullshit and we're leading the world on all this stuff. And it was always just like, it was never the government of Canada. It was always the Conservative Party of Canada is doing this and doing this and doing this. And it was, it was always just blatant polling or polstering or I don't know what the fuck word you do that but I don't know words I work in construction now I would imagine you guys have a lot more campaign uh, regulation regarding everything whether it's time spent campaigning whether it's uh, I mean do you guys have public publicly funded elections Uh, what do you mean publicly funded like the government gives this amount to this uh, candidate and uh, there's no donations. There's nothing. No, no. Okay. okay, so we don't have super PACs. Like we can't. We don't have businesses. Okay, paying in. Um, but we still have like donations and stuff like that. The government does pay into people if they can maintain a certain percentage of the vote of the popular vote. Okay, sounds similar. So if you hit, a, have, but... I think you have to hit five percent or something like that of the popular vote in order to get government subsidy for your party. Okay. Yeah, that's the same for yeah. us, except we don't have a third party that can break through that 5%. Oh, I see so. third parties are doing a fucking great deal in this election for you so far. <laughs> Look at Florida. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Man, this is going to be such a weird episode when people are listening yeah. and like, Already, there's a president. Mixed, mixed. Emotions. Hashtag snow Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking snow Mexicans. Like, how do you guys elect someone like that? Like, not only is that like, like terrible in terms of like whatever bigotry, bigotry, and like oppression and blah blah blah. But like, how do you just elect someone who just says that shit out loud? Like, you're just electing right. like the biggest bro on the planet, like the yeah. biggest Kenneth ever. You're just gonna elect that guy. <laughs> what the fuck? The biggest funny, Kenneth our, ever. Our, our project uh, coordinator, so our office uh, clown, uh, he's a dumbass, but uh, that's for other reasons. But this morning in the truck, he's like, oh, so Trump's gonna win tonight. Everyone wants Trump to win. I'm like, no, man, nobody wants that. He's like, I want that. I'm like, 
you just got here from Lebanon. You're Muslim, right? He's like, yeah. He doesn't like you. Oh, no, but Hillary, Hillary, she, she's, she's bad. She lies more. Like, I think that they actually have quantifiable evidence to prove that that's wrong. I, I, I yeah. do believe that Donald Trump lies more. Oh, no, no, she lies more. I'm like, so what is Trump lying about? All the nasty shit he says about people? Or are those the lies? And he's actually a nice guy? Like, what, what, what am I missing out on here? And he's like, no, 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 trust me, she lies more. She's like all the other politicians. They all lie the same. And I'm like, yeah, but that's like walking into your house and you have carpet and you decide, I don't want carpet anymore. And, you know, maybe you can go find wood. Maybe you can find towel or uh, uh, tiles. But instead, you decide to burn your fucking house down. Like, <laughs> that, that, that's what the Trump vote to me is, is that yeah. you, you, instead of carpet, you just burn the fucker down. And this is the screwed up part is that this is. This really just seems like an eye opener, like the Republican Party, they got. They got greedy. The, the leadership didn't listen to their crazy people, their membership. And they got messed up and a void opened up and Trump walked into that void. And now everybody is sending a message. Well, it's because the GOP in America has lost its identity. Uh, yes, at it one completely point, lost its at identity. One the the election, at one point in the election, Republicans were polled at, with the simple question of, does Donald Trump represent Republic, your like Republican values, ideal Republican values. Yeah, fifty percent said yes. Fifty percent said no. What? So he 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 isn't a Republican though. That, but what? It, that's what I'm saying is that the yeah. GOP is going through an identity crisis that nobody really knows. Even the GOP, who a Democrat really like? What is a Dem What is a Republican? You know, uh, or yeah. did, did I say Democrat or not? Excellent. I'm not Republican. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of scary, Jer. I'm, uh, what? I've, I've been, the tweets have been running through, through uh, my feed. And right now, on Pinnacle, Hillary is a dog to win. No, because that's actually what I was going to go on about. Two days ago, I was on Pinnacle, and you were getting 5 to 1 if you voted, if you bet on Trump. They were paying 5.1 to 1. Right, and Hillary was getting one point one to one. Now you're getting money. You're getting more money if you bet on Clinton. So that's so what's, what's Clinton paying? That's really troubling. Uh, right now, I'm, I have it on American odds, so it's plus yeah. one thirty nine. So you get one thirty nine dollars if you bet a hundred. Yeah, if you bet a hundred. Yeah, um, it was one ten before. And what's Trump at? Trump and all others are at minus one seventy. I'm scared, Matt. I yeah, wow. you're telling me. You don't live here. I thought well, I, I it thought like, things it were going like to turn Florida blue. Florida is finally done, and he got Florida. Oh man! And see, I thought the most exciting thing or insane thing to happen today was going to be the fact that Jordan Everly got two goals because he's <laughs> been a fucking dud. Yeah. He scored twice against the Pens. Well, so, I, I'm just comparing like. I'm comparing. Do you guys follow the 538 blog? No, seriously. I put all of my uh, politicking into Pinnacle, quite literally. Like, okay. these are nerds who do nerdy things for a living. Like, these are hardcore gaming people. And if they were going to say that it was five to one, you know, I, I was going to just go along with that. I was actually trying to get people to bet me at work. I was, I was actually trying to get people to take four to one odds and then whatever they bet. To me, I was just going to bet it on Pinnacle at 5-1 to one odds so that it could game the system. 
So um, I, I follow Nate Silver in five thirty eighth, man. Yeah, yeah. I they're it's really scary because like Nate Silver had Wisconsin and Michigan going blue, and they're apparently going red. Um, he had uh, who else? Florida going well. Florida was like light blue. It was kind of a toss up, but oh my god! All right, so, G, take it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ask for GPS anymore? Nope. <laughs> like you know how people boycott like North Carolina because they don't like honor LGBT rights or however yeah. many there's are in that acronym. I I feel like I'll just boycott the U.S. I feel like that might be. And we deserve it. But, but you know, know the problem is I the problem feel like is I that should like, sell unof- the U.S. dollars right now. Like the the problem is that unofficially somehow the U.S. became like the king of the world, right? Like they what they say kind of I don't know for some reason goes. So like my issue is that like Donald Trump is not just going to be the president of the United States. That is an unfortunate. He's unfortunately going to. He has way more, like, the president of the United States has more pull than just being the president of the United States. You know what I mean? Like, well, the prime You have so much stuff that's traded in U.S. dollars. What's that, so, You have so much stuff that's traded in U.S. dollars. Like, for instance, oil is yeah. traded in U.S. dollars. Yeah. So that's why the U.S. has such a, a, a global presence in the marketplace and through that global presence. Also, the fact that they like to go and play police... Uh, Police well, that's it. Yeah, like when was the last time you saw the Canadian like RCMP go play fucking go spy and release emails or something? Like you know what I mean? Like uh, they- that actually happened last week, buddy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CSIS is getting shit on hardcore by our courts because they've been spying on us. Oh. well, maybe we just don't hear about it as much because we're not. Yeah, yeah as, that's as because we're too busy watching our favorite TV. reality TV show, the U.S. election. Yeah, I didn't even care about that. That's insane. Also, like, yeah. I guess maybe we're just not as arrogant. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> but, like, God. Yep. So, anyway. So, not only is this the worst week for America, uh, it's also the worst week. Not called week yet, for- though. Not called worst- yet. It's the worst week for A-Team fans, too, because we quit. So. Are the Democrats <laughs> okay. going to win the Senate, at least? Probably not. Who cares? What the fuck does that even mean? Oh, see, there's Senate actually <laughs> in the states. Their Senate does shit. Our Senate oh. doesn't. Okay. Hmm. So, kind of a little, a little bit. Let's go into a little bit about the background for the decision. Um, you know, we had a lot of internal discussions going into the last four or five episodes, where basically um, we're all kind of like just doing different things and facing different directions. And, uh, you know, we've had feedback to where uh, a lot of you believed that the show was the best when we were all four going in in the same direction. You know, Scotty was playing Magic and KYT was grinding and Jay was playing FNM and, and Jeremy was grinding and judging and all that stuff. And that was awesome. And I agree, the show was awesome then. Uh, the problem is that we've kind of, we're different, you know? Uh, and, and I appreciate some of you, one piece of feedback I received this week was that, uh, is that the listener, there was a listener that liked 
the grown-up A team, kind of. The like this kind of iteration where we were where we're less uh less uh broy, I guess. Uh I mean no offense to Scotty and, and everybody else, and and Medina and everybody, but uh it just has a different vibe now. And you know, rather than become like uh, the podcast it feels like to me has kind of lost its identity a little bit. Where you know, we can't talk about competitive magic as much because some of us don't regularly play, uh, even even weekly or biweekly or monthly, uh, and, and you know myself included. Uh, between my minute, my jobs, my freelance, my regular job, my freelance stuff, uh, spending time at home with my wife and my uh, and school, I have a, a lot on my plate right now, and. Uh, I can't always spend the time playing magic and learning magic and being able to talk expertly and be valuable to you as a listener uh, like I want to be. And uh, I don't want to speak for the whole cast, but that's just kind of how I feel. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't think the A-team was ever a place anybody ever came for expert opinion. They did. It totally was a place. I don't think it was. Who was the expert? <laughs> right. Well, that, that's the thing is that much like the U.S. elections, they're going to people who can't provide leadership. <laughs> yeah, like, like oh, they're still came, looking there for it. Came to the A team for expert opinions on four fourteen Geist, or was it four fourteen Bonza, or was it my F and M expertise? I think they like, definitely came from team Geist strategy. They definitely yeah. came. They definitely came. Oh yeah, but it wasn't for expert advice. Like, like we're not limited resources. We were, we were, we were interviewing like some of the elite in the game. Yeah, people I want to. Yeah, absolutely. Were yeah. that. No, I. But like Jay, you don't remember this because it's so long ago. Back then, there was nobody else. There really yeah, was nobody true. else, and I, you know, we were probably, we were likely at the time the best players. Playing and podcasting, like that's not even that's exaggeration. That's probably true. That's probably yeah. true. I so. guess. I mean, I just don't equate that to expert. <laughs> I mean, I use the term loosely. Obviously, we're not Hall of Famers, <laughs> you know. Okay. But people come to the they people have come to the A team for tournament advice. They oh, come yeah, to us because advice, we are absolutely. the we are their friends. We are the friend group who takes ma- like who at one point took magic super seriously. And really talked about strategy and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of players don't have that group or need that sort of need the a podcast like uh, like ours to supplement their magic discussion. I mean, how how many of the podcasts that you listen to do you listen to? Because it's it's kind of like talking with friends. It's a one way conversation, obviously, but. It's it's kind of cool like that. Podcasts are kind of cool like that, and uh, you know I don't I don't want to be uh, at least the A team. You know we've kind of had with the identity crisis comes the like the the questioning what what do we become what do we what do we do going forward, and uh, you know internally we didn't want to become uh, a hangout podcast because I mean frankly. You could listen to four other Heavy way metal. more, yeah, whatever. 
you, you could listen to people who are far more entertaining than me. You know, I know where my strengths lie. And, uh, you know, I want to provide something of value. And my strengths lie in talking about my experiences. And I can be somewhat entertaining, but I understand that I, you know, on stream, for example, I'm no Kenji Igashira. Kenji's super entertaining, and he's very good. I, I can only be one of one or the other. And uh, frankly, I'd rather be very good because I feel like that's more valuable to the list type of listener that I want to appeal to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I, I'm the same. Um, people have noticed and commented, and, and you guys have noticed that I've been less grindy, grindy, less on the grinding trail that I, that I have been where I was actually... When I look back on it, I was kind of crazy um, because as a Canadian, paying to fly to American GP is really costly. And just thinking about, like, um, I'm happy I was able to top 16 all these GPs and, you know, do really well at all these uh, different PTQs in, in, in the U.S. and stuff like that. But uh, it definitely took its toll on me. And I've been taking it more easy and enjoying the PPTQ system where I don't feel like I need to uh, just because PTQs are so rare, just like they were in Alberta that I, I absolutely need to go to each one. So, and, and now I just feel like uh, I'm in a place where like my biggest asset on this cast was sort of like, I guess the expert when it came to constructed and even limited. And I don't play enough anymore to be anywhere near that. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at, and I would like to uh, be able to focus on, on other types of content that play to my current strength. Totally. <laughs> Jay, Jeremy, would you like to chime in? I think Trump's going to win your election. Yeah, that's mind-boggling. That's mind-boggling. Yeah, I'm being distracted by that too. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I just don't really know what to say. I have never really cared about the magic. I've cared more always about the gathering. So, uh, I love you, Jay. <laughs> uh, I like love I said, when we fight because the makeup sex is so good. It's so good. Um, I've said for like a long time that uh, that I just like hanging out with my bros on the show so um yeah so that's like the most fun for me is like i miss cat like i miss recording the a-team every week and the a-team being funny and on top of its game and good because it was like hanging out with your friends and then now it just feels like we're like in the retirement home and we're all just old as fuck and no one says anything anymore right jeremy's like it's pretty windy out, and I'm like, no, it's Thursday. And then KYT's like, yeah, me too. Let's get a beer. KYT uh, would never say that much. That's true. KYT's <laughs> like, KYT, that's how Mendoza says that, and then KYT says, <laughs> <laughs> like, and then every once in a while, we have like, like you know, we have like important people just come visit us, you know. So yeah, so I don't know. I don't really. I've, I'm. I haven't. Like, I'm pretty sure people have. People have told me I'm not interested in the show uh, a long time ago, right? I used to talk about golf a lot. I used to talk about X-wing a lot. Um, I talk about like 
when I like when I start making booze sets, I talk about that a lot. Uh, I talk about board games a lot, video games, whatever. I don't really care about Magic anymore. Like you can only talk about Cube so much, and that's the only format that's even that should even matter in fucking Magic. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna miss the A team in terms of talking about Magic. I don't give a fuck about that. I'm not gonna do any more Magic podcasts. Really, I might talk about Magic on a podcast if it's like happens to come up. You know, if I go to a, a pre-release or something. But. uh I'm like KYT, like I'm just not interested in magic podcasts anymore. I'm interested in what's going on in my life. Like when we started this show, like do you remember how long ago that was, KYT? I don't remember how long ago. It was eight years. Oh, no, <laughs> you, you always say, I love it because you always say a random long number. <laughs> I mean, it's eight years ago. Yeah. It's close enough. Uh, like it's so easy to remember just for me because I started Man Deprived when it was. 2010 one zero so it's really easy and a team started a few months later so it would it, it would be six six years and, and a few months now six years so six six and a bit months is like or six and a bit years is like quite a long time for like a podcast and um for like any show really and uh yeah i don't know i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna pro- i i like being uh i like talking and i like being I don't know if you call it a celebrity, but I like, I mean, you know, it's a bit like, okay. So like, I don't think I knew probably, I don't think I talked to anybody that I knew when the show started. There's like maybe a handful of friends, maybe that I talked to like since the show started that I was friends with before, but almost everybody that I like even care to even interact with since the show started, uh, I, met them since the show started so i think like you know there's something to be said for like the like me and andrew mcgreeny were talking about it before because i love that guy to death we were talking about how like it sucks that i it's like it's like awesome that you got to do a show like this and i got to meet like a whole bunch of my followers slash friends and i got to meet like you guys through the show which is awesome you know kyt came to my wedding scotty mack was my best man you know, like, that's a big deal. I shared a bed with Jeremy for many, many nights. Uh, yeah. These are, like, big deals. He even really. thought I was trying to ask him for a handy. Yeah, yeah. You fucking T-Rex asked me for a hand job. <laughs> Who can say that about their friends? <laughs> you know, I, I discovered the evidence of Matt's shirt. Like, you know, these stories. <laughs> I have with all of you guys, and that's because of the show, right? But the double-edged sword. The double-edged sword on that show is that, like, when do I ever get to hang out with you? Right? Oh, I forgot about the show. <laughs> the, the towel? Did you get him towels for his yeah. wedding? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so like, you know, I, I don't get to see Andrew. I've, like, I've met him in person one time, you know? Uh, I like, you know, Marcel uh, to death. He's a really cool guy. Uh, I've met him one time in person, you know? Uh, like I, I, Scotty was my best man. I think I've met him in person, albeit for like, you know, extended periods of time of like weeks and et cetera. But like, I think I've met him only probably a handful of times. Right. So the double-edged sword there is you get to meet all these great people, but then you never get to hang out with them. So it kind of sucks. So I like the show because I felt like I got to just like, it's kind of like cheers, you know, everybody knows my name. We just show up. We just kind of chit chat and 
shit talk and whatever, and then, you know, you just go back to the rest of your life. But, like, one day a week, you meet your bros and you just hang out with them. And then I feel like for the show, listeners, like, I mean, you know, barring the people that were coming here for expert advice, uh, I feel like they... Suckers. I feel like a... I feel like a lot of them were doing the same thing, right? They were coming to, they were coming to the bar and seeing the regulars, and then they became regulars. You know, like there's so many people. We've gotten so much feedback about like you guys should stop talking about like random people on the show because we have no fucking idea who they are. And we're like, we used to do shoutouts on the show, and the shoutouts were always to fucking randos. Remember that? Remember, like, the end of every episode would be, like, shout out to fucking... Oh, man, like, that's long. That's, like, the first like, couple episodes. Yeah, we'd be, like, shout out to fucking... Shout Zach out to, Levine. Like, Zach <laughs> Levine, yeah. <laughs> like, shout out to Joshua Lemish, you know? And like, Oh, yeah, that guy. Like, and, like, I think there's, you know, I mean, like, I've talked to Maddie and Kevy about it, and, like, they started Heavy Meta because of us, because we skipped episode 100, and everybody was like, what the fuck? We need something to fill the void. What the fuck, you fuckers? And then they were like, well, let's fucking star one. Who cares? And then look at them now. They're huge, too. Right? Like, you know, so, like, I think I think for me, it's I, it's very rarely ever been about the magic. I don't think that's surprising to anybody that I don't really care. I care the least about the magic on this show is the, what I care about the least. Okay. You know? I don't think that's a secret. Yeah, but you had, you know, there were times, you know, you still have valuable content to add, you know? Oh, of course, like yeah. Between, between your cubing, uh, when you were playing competitive, uh, your game design, your boo stuff, like, um, but once again, you know, just all of us are just playing less magic, period. Yeah, I aged, I aged out of it, right? Like, for sure, I aged out of it. So, and like Jeremy, you know, like he mentioned earlier in, in our previous discussions, he just wants to play different games. Yeah, absolutely I did. Yeah. I mean I think we all kinda did. Um like I think I think I think that's just how it happens. Like magic magic people always talk about how magic like there's a comic strip called Cardboard Crack, right? People always talk about how magic is like crack. It's just like so addictive and you just play it all the time and blah. And I think like I think that's more of like a magic is a really great game and it is kind of like that. It lends itself to being uh indulged. But I think like I just got out of Magic and got into broader things like board games. I would rather play many board games than play one thing of Magic with the same people over and over again and, like, just grind games out and shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I found it, like, I don't know about you guys, but I found, like, when I don't care about Magic, I have way more fun playing Magic, too. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to F&M, and I'm not studying metagames, and I'm not having to buy cards, and I'm not having to sell cards, and I'm not fucking concerned about sharks ripping me off in trades, and I'm not concerned about MTG fucking finance, and I'm not concerned about the meta, and I'm not concerned about going 3-1 and not getting enough Planeswalker points to get my buys, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just fucking show up, and I play Cube, or whatever, Judge Tower, or whatever, and then, like, and then... Have you been we, playing Judge Tower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, at, at like, just whenever some fucking raggedy-ass judge is around me that has one, but... Um, it's a fun game. Like it's a fun game. But I, you yeah. know what I find is that I'm actually playing the game. I'm not. I'm not just playing magic to just beat you, and I don't care who you are and fuck off kind of thing. Like I find when I'm playing board games, it's it's more about the atmosphere. Like I don't. I'm not Randy Bueller, right? So I don't play board games competitively 
to win games. I don't go to board game tournaments. If I'm playing Ticket to Ride with you or Boss Monster or whatever, I'm doing it so that like so that we can kind of interact and then but at the same time I'm competitive, so I still wanna I still wanna do something if that's fun. But you know what I mean? Like what we're talking and we're chatting and we're I don't know, we're being present. And I just felt like when I play competitive magic I'm just not present. I don't care about you, yeah. I don't care about any of that shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so like I'm not gonna miss it. I'm not gonna miss not talking about magic on a magic podcast. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. I guess my whole piece to this is obligation. And there's times that I want to jump on the show and I'm so excited to jump on the show and I've been thinking about the show and I want to do some stuff. But then there's times I feel like I'm on the show out of obligation. And that's not fair. Because it's not sincere. And I want things to be sincere. I want to do that. And I want my obligations to align with my desires. So magic, I'm the opposite of Jay when it comes to magic. Uh, my big problem with magic right now is that I just don't feel like I can give it the minimum required amount of attention. And it's funny that if I realign my goals and how I spend my time and if I do the show differently, maybe I can turn the show into something that's more of a learning for myself. And maybe that gives me a little bit more uh, in magic. But I, I just, I hate going to a tournament. Like, it's funny, Friday Night Magic, I'll go into a Friday Night Magic and if I don't win it, then I don't feel like I was successful. I can get packs. I can open those packs and get good things in packs, but I don't want packs. Yeah. I want to go to a PPTQ and I want to win the PPTQ. I don't want to get second. I don't want to get sick pack prizes because I just buy packs. I can't buy wins. And yeah, no, that's that's absolutely fair. So... You know, my my thoughts, because everyone, we, we, we've been talking about this. It has been kind of kicking around, and I talked to my wife about it. And, you know, what does a life after A-team look like? And uh, for me, you know, maybe it goes into more of a metagame discussion thing. I, I kind of want to do something maybe video-based and try and just do one-on-one -on -one interviews with people who are doing well in tournaments. And, you know, not talking to the the Platinum Club. You know, but talking to the random guy who brings Scred to a GPE and wins with Scred and then asking, like, where does your deck fit into the metagame? What does your deck do? Talking to that person and asking, like, why, why did things align that you could actually win? You know, maybe it's the fact that the deck plays main deck Relic and that's good against Dredge. Actually, Scred is a terrible matchup for Dredge because we have a local Dredge player in Edmonton. And every time I get paired up against him with my Dredge deck, I just... I, I die a little inside because it's a very tough matchup for me. It's more they have to lose versus me winning. You know, they they have to lose the game. So. Yeah, and I think, like, I think, Jeremy, it's like, uh, like, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's, it's a, like, it's not exactly that you're the opposite of me. I think I just went through that stage faster than you, and I am tired. I don't want to put any effort into magic anymore because I'm not getting the results and I'm not willing to reassess my priorities that I put more time into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And 
Like that was a big one for me is that I, you know what? I realized going to tournaments that I was, I wasn't having any fun. Like I, I, uh, when you talk about like, you have to win. I like felt like that. Uh, or like, I felt like, you know, at the start of it, I wanted to do well. And then I started to do well. So then I felt like I had to, to top eight and then I started to top eight. So then I felt like I had to win and, you know, so, and it just kind of progressed, but you could never go back. So I was sick of just not seeing the result and it being so expensive and that, and then they were making the changes that I didn't like, like with band list or the cards they were printing or whatever. Right. And I got tired. I think I got tired faster than you. I think that was where you and I differ is I just got tired of it. I just got sick of it. And I wasn't, I'm not willing to go back to that because I realized I was having no fun in any of the, I never had fun. I, I had, I, I had never had fun playing competitive magic. And that's the thing is I've had fun. And I think the part that really kills me, the curse is that fucking GP is Vancouver. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Because, because it I, set you, you, the bar so high, right? It set the bar so incredibly high. I got so fucking close. Like, it's 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 so fucking bizarre because like, I'm not great at magic. I think I'm good at it. I think I understand things. I think that even when I take a bit of a step away, I still have strong fundamentals. At least that's how I perceive myself. That I can I can get back into it pretty easy. But like that whole thing. Doug Potter reaches out to me on the weekend to say, hey, man, someone's 14-0 and 0 and they're good. You know, they're going for the GP thing. Does it make you nervous? And it's like little shits like that where it's like that stuff's always fucking coming up. That, like, I was that close to perfecting a GP. Like, that might have been a good enough. Good enough for me. But, like, the fact that I somehow got myself into that position... I'm like the 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 freaking uh, meth head who's trying to get that same first high, and I'm trying to replicate that. Mm-hmm. I feel you. And it's 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 a bit of a fucking curse. Like, oh yeah, it's a high, right? For sure, you're chasing the dragon, it, right? Yeah, and and I am, and. The thing about it is that there are so many things that I love doing, so many things I have fun doing uh, from a gaming side of it. But at the end of the day, magic is the best game. And yeah, oh, that's absolutely, tough. hands down. Like, it, it's the best game. Oh, my God. Okay, um, so I like, like other games. It's, but you're right. It's, it's hands the best down. Game. Hands down, it's the best game. It's the best, especially nowadays, right now, when you talk about uh board games being like the biggest growing industry and just like even like pseudo non-nerds are starting to get into like quote unquote nerdy games right like nobody's playing monopoly right everybody's playing Catan. everybody has played Catan, right um magic is far and above all of those games far and above all of those games like today i played a cool game called boss monster um, which mm-hmm. some of you guys might have heard of. I think it was a Kickstarter game started in yeah, 2012. I, I, I own it. 
Yeah, and it's a pretty it's a pretty cool game. So like for those of you at home that may want to try it, it's like it's a max thirty minute game basically. Um, it's super fun. You are basically building. You're a monster, like an end boss monster in a Nintendo game. And I say Nintendo because it's based around pixel art, so it looks really shitty, like eight bit bullshit. And uh, man, if I start a band, I'm gonna name it eight bit bullshit. Eight bit bullshit. <laughs> eight bit bullshit. And. Uh, and so, and you, what you're doing is you're building, um, you're building your dungeon to try to kill heroes, and you have to entice them to come to you. So through like treasure, but you're fi- but you're fighting with that. So me and Matt are both monsters. Say I'm Donkey Kong, and Matt's like I don't know Bowser. So like I'm trying to get like fighters to come to my dungeon. So I'm putting like you know scary monsters in it, and they're like I don't care. I could save the damsel, and he's trying to get like thieves and clerics to come. So he's putting like money and like maybe holy relics and shit, right? And so what's happening is you're trying to like be the first person to kill ten heroes. You're the boss monster, right? So I was playing that game today, and again this situation comes up where like I. I'm told, like, okay, there's spell cards, and you can, these are what they do. And I'm like, okay, cool. So can I play a spell just whenever I want? And, like, uh, I think so? Okay. So what happens if you play a spell, and then I want to play a spell? Is there a stack in this game? And, of course, anybody who doesn't play magic (laughs) is like, what? What the fuck is a stack? And then, yeah, and then you explain to them logically what a stack is. So you say, I'm a wizard, and I throw a fireball at you. And you're a wizard, and you throw, you put up an ice wall. Does my fireball hit you? And they say, no, my ice wall stops it. And I say, yeah, exactly, because if we were to do that in card form, I play a fireball. And then on top of that fireball, you play ice, and you melt it. And your shit happens first, right? Because you played it last. And they go, yeah. And I go, okay, so you played this spell that fucks my shit, and I just play this spell that kills you, and you lose the game in response. And they're like, no, no, that doesn't, no. And I'm like, well, you said I can play a spell whenever I wanted. And then they immediately grab the rule book, and then they read through the rule book. Because magic players play spells and play with reaction time and they you know there's that old rule of like play instance at the last possible uh moment that is beneficial to you right don't go turn one land lightning bolt that is so much worse than holding that lightning bolt right wait till the guy plays like a fucking aura on his guy and kill the guy and the aura at the same time boom eight bit bullshit you know so like I'm playing boss monster and I'm just running into constant scenarios like this. And I'm sitting here thinking like, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking like, man, I'm a, I must be the worst person to play games with because I'm not even being like a rules lawyer. Like I've tried really hard in the last two years to not bring that into other parts of my life, bring magic into other parts of my life. And by that, I mean like the magic attitude that people have. Cause I have that attitude too. Uh-huh. Uh, I try not to bring that into my other life. So when I'm playing games with a casual gamer, so like my my buddy who's a gamer, Jeremy, the other Jeremy, and his wife, yeah. uh, they got married, and they're both they both like to play games. We do game nights, so we'll play Ticket to Ride or we'll play whatever. Now I can look at other Jeremy and I can be like, "Oh man, you did that so out of order, or you played that in the wrong way," or "Oh, we can talk about strategy at the end of the game and say like, "Oh wow, like you did really well when you did this. I never thought about that as a strategy. That's so good, but I would have done this bet different also up here because of X, Y, Z." I can say that to Jeremy 
because he's a gamer. So he understands and he thinks about it from a gaming standpoint. It's very difficult for me to say that to my friends that aren't gamers or his wife who's not a gamer because they see it as me saying you played poorly and then they go, yeah, yeah but I won. Yeah, I'm just gloating. And they just go, or like they'll say like, yeah, but I won, so who cares? And you're like, yeah. It's like when you play poker with people that don't know how to play poker, right? And then they're like, well, yeah, but I hit on the river and I took all your money, so obviously I'm a better poker player than you. And you're like, yeah, yeah I guess that's how that works. I guess, like, fuck. What do I say to you? Yeah. So, um... Results-oriented thinking. Yeah, exactly. And so we're playing, like, Boss Monster, and I'm, like, running into that, and I'm just trying to not fight over it, right? Because I'm like, okay, so who goes to go first? Oh, well, the monster with the highest XP gets to go first. Okay, how do we get XP? Oh, it's just printed on your card, so it's just luck of the draw. When we deal out the monsters, it's just whoever has the highest one just always gets to go first every turn and do everything first and always gets to go first for everything. And I'm like, okay, cool. So you get the best dungeons, you get the best spells, you get to attack the heroes first, and I just have to sit here and watch you do that. Yep. Why? Because it's the luck of the game. Okay, cool. That's a that's poor design. And then they take that as like me criticizing them because it's their game and they love Boss Monster. But I can't yeah. like help it, right? I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just saying like, oh, you know, this game's super fun. I would just like it better if I didn't get fucked by a random die roll. Cool. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think that's a big thing for for magic players is like you're never going to grow out of the the dra- chasing the dragon stage you know yeah like you're you're never going to you're never going to forget when you came in second look at fucking chris pakula you know who i'm sick of fucking hearing about oh. is chris fucking pakula who fucking cares about this guy almost <laughs> getting fucking hall of fame like he Almost got Hall of Fame like a hundred years ago when like six people played magic and there was no internet. I'm sure this guy's good at magic. He's probably a hundred times better than me. He seems to do really well at magic terms and he's really trying really fucking hard, but he is not doing it. And I'm so fucking sick of hearing about Chris fucking Pakula. The the thing about Chris Pakula was that Chris Pakula was better at the gathering than the magic. Yeah, I get yeah. So what like he, he you should you should be in his corner. He isn't the, the, you know the big travesty is the facts fact that he fixed competitive magic. What do you mean? He was Okay, so mm-hmm. back in the day yeah. of competitive magic yeah, like the Mike Long days and everything like that. Cheating was savage. Oh yeah, cheating was everywhere. Yeah, cheating was it was it was treated like sports where it's only bad if you get caught. Right, you only right. get a penalty if you get caught. Right. So he was one of the guys on the pro tour who really made a stand, really pushed things, pushed the program to clean up the game, and that's really? that's his big contribution is that. He he really, really pushed to make it a cleaner sport, a more uh, honest game. Yeah. And that that's his big contribution. Like that's that's the thing, is he doesn't have the play stats, he doesn't have the you know sheer numbers, but his contribution outside, like if they had a builder's category, he should be in in that. 
Okay, so, um, so I guess his stats that... were good enough to to put him on the ballot, though. Yeah, like it just the he argument, didn't have like that's my yeah issue that, with that's Chris that's Pacula, the argument. Right? That's my that's yeah, my like... issue with with Chris Pakula is that I've never this is the first time I've ever heard anyone talk about this side of him in the Hall of Fame contention. Every time people talk about him. They're oh yeah, they always have three three PT top eights, and yeah, you know they that's talk all about they the talk second about. place. Right? They talk about what you were talking about minutes ago, where you're saying they just talk about how he almost made it a hundred times. Well, you know what? If you almost, if you're the Chicago Cubs and you almost win for a hundred years, you know what you don't do? You don't win for a hundred years. So I don't want to hear about it. Like fuck. You know, There's, like it just sounds like such whining, just I, oh, well, you know, all my friends got in and how come I didn't? And it just sounds just so just fucking petty and I'm just so sick of it. But you know what? Jeremy's absolutely right. Now that I know that, you know, he's basically getting kind of a pity vote because they don't have a builder's category, but he should be in based on building. Like, that's super great. Cool. I think that's super awesome. If you want to make a nomination to the Hall of Fame based on contribution to the game versus results, then we can talk about it. But you know what? Until then, I'm sick of hearing about Chris fucking Pakula. <laughs> like, fuck. You know what? When are they going to have a podcasting fucking category on the Hall of Fame? Well, fucking Marshall Sutcliffe is basically like the god of podcasting that everybody <laughs> you know, owes unto. Well, well, put that guy in the fucking Hall of Fame. Why are you putting that guy in? What about his contribution to the game? You know? <laughs> Fuck. I was going to say, you know, us, but I thought that was a little... <laughs> yeah, don't go us. <laughs> you know, they'd never put us in. We say the word fuck. That's not a lot. Every year, somebody tries to nominate us for the fucking Community Cup. Community like, every Cup. Year. Every year. And it's, I just have, I don't have the heart to just tweet them and just be like, look, man, like, they can't tell you that they're not going to put us in the Hall of Fame because one time I made a dick-sucking joke about a guy before I realized that that was really inappropriate. And that guy <laughs> ran uh, the Magic Cruise, and by proxy, uh, Patrick Chapin came on my show and yelled at me for two hours. So... They're never going to put me in the community. <laughs> well, that happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think it's like episode, I want to say like 17 or 16. Yeah, Patrick Chapin fucking called me. He, uh, out of the blue one day, I got a DM on Twitter, and it said like, hey, can I call you? What's your number? And I was like, is this a fucking, like, hack bot? Like, this sounds like a, hey, local singles in your area. Right? And he's like, oh, it's it's the real Patrick Chapin. And I was like, I just, like, my dick went six to midnight instantly. I was like, oh, shit. Why isn't this guy calling anybody else? I really am the best member of the A-team. You listen. You listen. <laughs> like, uh, and then he called me. And I was like, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like, good, how are you? And I was like, oh, cool, like, this is so awesome. Oh, I'm like 10 episodes into this new show. I have like three followers on Twitter. I don't even really know how any of this works, but I'm talking to Patrick fucking Chapin. And then he just laid into me for like two hours about how us <laughs> shitting all over the Magic Cruise was like so unfair. And... uh which it wasn't. That's hilarious because I talked about how I won a fucking auction to support the Magic Cruise on that first episode I was on. Too. <laughs> Could I fucking say anything right on that episode? <laughs> no, that's the thing. That was not lost on us at all. Oh, as soon as you started talking about the fucking Magic Cruise, we were just like, okay. 
<laughs> this is kind of like a fucking no go zone. <laughs> but yeah, and then and then Chapin just he was like wanted he's like so me and him talked and we kind of came to the conclusion that our response was hyperbolic and unnecessary, but that Steve and whatever that fucking whatever the company was called uh, could have handled their customer service better. But that like it's not it's not like. You know, it's just like typical any kind of customer service issue or whatever, right? So we, me and him agreed on that. And then so I said, well, do you want to come on the show and talk about it? Because it'd be a really cool juxtaposition to the last episode that we had. And he was like, yeah, that'd be great, man. Cool. And it was all camaraderie. And, at the end. and then he came on the show and he just fucking like yelled at us for two hours. Like we tried to talk and then it like he just. We just couldn't, and then eventually all of us just muted our mics and sat there, and he didn't even miss a beat. He just yelled at us for two hours. We sent it to Kyle. Did he start rapping? We slapped, a, we slapped an intro and an outro on it, and we published it. <laughs> <laughs> Easy money. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? That was like, how long ago, KYT? 12 years ago? And, uh, <laughs> and we couldn't do that today, man. We couldn't do that today. There's no way. There's no way. So you guys talked shit so out in awesome. Steve Port and Legion? I don't know if that's who that was, but yep. Yeah, that, that's who, who oh, it was. Man. Yeah. I'm glad, uh, Steve is one of the nicest guys I know. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> old wounds! Old wounds! <laughs> one of the nicest guys you know doesn't mean shit to me. Right? Like, look who your future president's gonna be. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also, if you'll remember the scenario in Toronto, where one of the nicest guys I've ever met was in some kind of feud with another guy that I'm really good friends with and love to death. And then the, I'm getting Twitter messages to choose sides and how can I hang out with this one guy based on what the other guy said and vice versa. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, one of the nicest guys you've ever met doesn't mean he can't, he's incapable of being an asshole to someone else, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that he's, I'm not saying anything really right now but <laughs> tell him steve dave yeah at, at the time at the time you know we weren't very happy with uh that division of that company so we let yeah. them have it and you know what at the time we were able to let them have it like this was i don't even know if we were sponsored by face to face then i don't remember we might have been sponsored by channel fireball then um Oh man, I forgot we were sponsored by Channel Fireball. You guys were sponsored by Channel Fireball? You guys were sponsored yeah. by Channel Fireball? And you know what we got for it? I don't think we got ever we got shit for it. Did we, KYT? Um, or did you, and you just didn't pay us? No. It <laughs> sounds kind of like it, that's what it is. No, man, that's definitely not what it was. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was very convincing. I, don't, I actually don't really remember. No, uh, I don't remember either. But like, I remember. I don't know if we ever did get. I don't know if we ever did get anything from Channel Firewall because I don't really remember buying anything from them. And I sure. remember like, well, not really buying stuff from any of the retailers in the states because of like just customs and it took forever to get to you and shipping and everything. So I feel like you might have gotten something and then given it in Canadian, and that's kind of maybe how we bridge the gap with face-to-face or something. But yeah, I am now that KYT has mentioned that, yeah, this was so long ago, guys, that we were sponsored by Channel Fucking Fireball. Do you, you remember the, the, uh, the TSG LSV intro for us? 
No. Like, it's like, uh, yeah, they did an intro for us as part of the sponsor. You know, the A-Team or whatever. The They yeah. were trying to do a, a, a witty I pun. Yeah, I remember the LSV part, but I didn't realize that was TSG. I think TSG and LSV recorded an intro for us. And it was, um, it was so bad. Yeah, well, we thought it was bad. But it, it was, was so long ago. And I don't remember us being, like, I wasn't, I didn't sign up for the Magic Crew, so I obviously uh, abstained myself <laughs> from this uh, mess. But uh, from what I know, you guys weren't, like, angry at Steve Port. It was, like, the, the people in the middle that you had to interact with. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I mean, up... Steve was also tweeting some things that he probably shouldn't have tweeted. You know, okay. like, you know, you know when you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen the, like, the Facebook or the Twitter meltdowns of, like, the Magic Stores? Like, there was one recently where somebody was talking about how, like, Ladies' Night is free or something. Yeah, they did a Ladies' Night for Magic. Yeah, and then somebody said that that was... What did they... Or... or, What was it? Like, somebody said... Or they said... Or they made a joke about it, or somebody made a joke about it, and how, like, women don't want to be treated differently. They just want to be treated the same. That's the point. Like, and then they... So then they, like, responded on their on their open wall instead of a message with like, Oh, well the next time that you come down something else because sensitive flowers and blah, blah, blah. And they just went on and on and on. So I think that, yeah, yeah. It was like the person who, who made the comment said that they were highly offended of, uh, by the tweet or by the, the, the premise of the whole thing. Yeah. It's, you know, inclusive and without having to be pandering like that or something. And, it wasn't, and then, yeah, yeah the sword just kind of went ape shit. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, like, it wasn't a man that was saying, like, oh, ladies' night, but if there was a man's night, then everybody would be upset. Like, it wasn't even that. It was, like, it, I, I don't know if it was a woman or not, but it was somebody that was saying, like, to the effect of, like, this is a, a great effort, but a better effort is to just try to find out why women don't feel inclusive and try to make them inclusive instead of pandering to them. Because the reason that women don't play magic is not a $5 F and M charge. And the guy just basically had a meltdown and lost it, which is understandable. People get upset. You try to do something nice for someone and they throw it in your face. You can get upset. Right. And I'm sure that was the, the situation that happened with Steve. And he was tweeting some things that he probably in hindsight as a businessman probably shouldn't have. And, like I said, I'm not saying that we weren't at fault either. Like, there was some shit that I said that on many levels is not inappropriate. And on on many other levels isn't the adult way that you handle stuff. But, again, this was, like, 25 years ago. I mean, I was a different person then. So, uh, we were doing the show for a long time. I can't believe you guys didn't know any of this. You guys are on the show and you don't know the history of the show that you're even on? God! No, no, no. Tell me what happened in the last 15, 20 episodes. Oh, fuck. Who cares? <laughs> we, talked about, huh? we talked about Ponza. We talked about Ponza. Hey, Jade, listen to an episode. <laughs> I saw him commenting, and he was saying that was really funny, and I was amazed that he listened to an episode. Yeah, that was that was brutal. That was well, that was when I, when, I, when I picked on you playing Ponza, which doesn't really narrow it down much, but still. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, there was Uzawa's Jeep. Yeah, that hilarious pun. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> oh, gosh. Trunk beers? Oh, that was when I did uh, the pre-release. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, 
hundred episodes is a lot of fucking episodes, you guys. Yes. A lot of times. <laughs> so now that I've relived a little bit of my high school A team, what are your guys' uh, favorite A team stuff? Oh man, just... you have to go first, KYT, because you're the next in line. Well, I've always said my favorite episode is uh, when we had Flores on because he's such a controversial character. He's got, uh, you know, either people love him or hate him. Was and it when... the OMG episode? Because that one was hilarious. Um, maybe not. Maybe not. People hated that one, too. <laughs> oh, man. Like, what it was so funny. What episode what? was that? When he what was episode? trying to the one where he, he was pimping his book and you only chimed in, like, oh, every oh. ten minutes. To ask wow. if we were still selling his garbage. Oh like, my you were just God. so uh, salty. Fuck, it was like the 30th time this motherfucker's been on the show. And again, he has Chris Pakula syndrome. Like, what the fuck has Mike Flores ever done? He's done nothing, oh, no. but he just. But then, like, he's a builder, so it's like, put him in the Hall of Fame for being no, a builder. No, no, fuck no. No, he is not a builder. <laughs> he wrote uh, one fucking good article. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, you know, but again, I learned from that guy every yeah. single time. That's what you said. So on the show, so it was really good. It's hard. It's hard to hate Mike Flores. Well, it's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard to hate him. It's hard to like him. But Mike won't let you hate him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. And just like some of the guests we had on, those are for me some of the more memorable episodes because all the other ones were. I know I've laughed. A lot in all, basically all the episodes, but like the fact that we were able to get guys like Owen on, uh, Conley Woods on, uh, like in his prime, uh, certain players in his prime, like even Raptor was willing to come on a show. Someone that's more like serious and and less, yeah. At least his public persona is, is more of a serious nature. And we had Marshall on in our like fourth episode or something. So. Oh, man, and he was an amazing guest. He absolutely just fucking what? ripped on me. Yeah, you specifically. Specifically <laughs> me, and he just absolutely went to town. Yeah. So those are my memories of just getting all these different people on and uh, getting together and, and just talking about uh, their lives and, and how what magic meant to them. And, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of fond, fond memories. I was going to talk a bit about how I've also like jumped too deep. Uh, somehow Skype just self imploded when, when Jared was talking about how, about his uh, second place GP finish off. Obviously when I started the site, I started promoting it, even though it was just like a blog, then I obviously had to go deep into all aspects of magic of it. And uh, it was only recently, um, I've mentioned this on the show multiple times, and I've talked to Jay uh, personally uh, a few weeks ago, where, you know, I was just content, uh, as opposed to always having to chase that dragon, as, as Jay would say. I was content with where I am in, in Magic in terms of my competitive goals. I've, uh, because all it took was realizing that I didn't need to prove to others, um, because by winning, a, if I did win the PT, uh, it wouldn't satisfy what uh, I realized my goal, ultimate goal was, which was to gain the respect of my peers. And by randomly luck sacking uh, a win uh, would not prove that to anyone. And then doing the show and doing other stuff where uh, the public has a lot of opinions on made me also realize that 
ultimately the only person for me that I care about is, is myself. Like I have to prove it to myself because no matter how well I perform, how well I do, someone will have like an outsider's opinion about how good I am. But really for me, I, I'm the best judge of where I am in my competitive uh, magic game. And after qualifying for the PT twice, facing many of the pros and celebrities that I've idolized uh, many years ago and feeling like I could, I could beat them on a good day or, or on a good draw. Like I didn't get outclassed, was just eye opening to me. And I just feel like, playing grind the, the, the PTQ and these PPTQ system versus other games or casual games. It's that it's just too top heavy. Like, and that's what makes it less fun and more discouraging when like ultimately it's first or last. And with a game with so yeah. much variance and you travel, like sometimes we would drive six, eight hours to just these stupid PTQs and six and eight hours back and finishing second is like, Super heartbreaking, and, and you guys, you're not doing it for the gathering. You're doing it for the magic. So it's soup. Like it's 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 really hard to see that silver lining, right? Like the gathering helps in the car ride, but ultimately, it's still a big disappointment yeah. when you fail. And it's like when you lose, when you start O two, and you've traveled six hours. The problem with the system is that they're even like. Before, like, then, there weren't even Planeswalker points, so there was just nothing to play for. There wasn't a secondary important tournament. There was just, like, once you start O2, it's over. Uh, whereas in other games, maybe, like, okay, like, you would feel good. Like, making top eight might be a step to something, but no, it just it doesn't mean shit if you don't win first and get that invite. So it's very, the system very demoralizing for a game with, with so much luck in it that it, it's just hard. Like, going to GP, like, if I went... 4-4 like Matt did uh, in my grinder days, I'd be like super disappointed, super bummed. But that's that's how like pe- some people play on for the Planeswalker points, but like I don't really give a shit. <laughs> yeah, about, who cares? I mean, getting two buys is important, but a lot of that um, you know, you wake up the morning of a GP hoping to day two with a pretty good record. That's 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 where your goal is, and anything else is, is going to be a disappointment. Um, but I've been able to, you know, be okay with that now. So very at peace with myself. I'm not chasing any any crazy dreams. I'm just looking at my game and, and hoping to improve. And uh, that's my bit. That's my little bit. And looking forward to moving on to to other projects. So magic or m- magic or not magic related, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I remember like talk, like talking to pros and stuff. I remember like when I was at GP Vancouver, which I believe is the GP Vancouver that Jeremy fourteen won. Uh, no, I, I, no, remember, I didn't play with Matt. Uh, oh, I seventeen won. Oh yeah, seventeen. Sorry. Oh, because it was fourteen and then top eight, right? It was fifteen and top eight. Fifteen and top eight. Um. Yeah, like I remember that, and I remember like I was playing, I was I was signing magic cards for random people. Like the big thing in Vancouver was people would come up to me with magic cards. I think Bonfire of the Damned was like the newest set because it was Avacyn, right? Was your it was uh-huh. Avacyn sealed, right? Yeah, yeah. So people would come up to me with bonfires, and they would ask me to alter them, and then. 
Like, I I remember, like, I altered, like, a Sun Titan into, like, a Darth Vader-looking Sun Titan, but then his sword was, like, a dildo. And then I altered, like, a Maze of Ith into some, like, a specific thing that I probably shouldn't mention. And then, like, same with, like, a bonfire. And then as I'm doing this, I remember Owen coming up to me and kind of looking around and looking right at me. And he kind of knew who I was, but, like, he didn't want to... You could tell he had asked somebody or heard that I was there and asked where I was. And somebody had just kind of pointed and said, he's that guy over there. And he came up and he was like, are you... Are you Boosh? Are you Jay? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, holy shit, man. It's so nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. And we, like, chatted. And, like, it was sincere. It wasn't just like a hey and then a goodbye. Like, he he was like, how's it going? What are you up to? Have you, you know? I'm like, are you liking Vancouver? He's like, yeah, we did this and we did this and we did this. And it was so fun. What have you guys been doing? Like, he actually, you know, he wasn't just like... You know, some pros I've interacted with, it's like, hey, how's it going? Like, good, man, how are you? Like, good. Like, oh, thanks for being on the show. Like, yeah, it was cool. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm 5-0. Oh, well, good luck. Yeah, thanks, bye. And then they just kind of go and hang out with their clique of other pro players, right? Which, I mean, you can't fault them for. I understand what it's like when you're at a tournament. But, uh, but yeah, like, and, and that's like, that's a big deal, right? That's kind of goes back to the whole, if I wasn't part of this show, you know, I, my life would probably be pretty different. So, you know, I think it's interesting that your your favorite memories of are talking to those people because I think those are good good memories to have. But those are that's we talked to a lot of big people actually. I forgot about that. What about you there, Jer Jerbot? My favorite A team moments. Yeah. When do you remember what episode you started in? I don't remember what episode it was, but it was the episode right after GP Calgary. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Oh, shit. So GP Calgary, I was not a member of the A-team. Oh, okay. That was when we were doing our little, like, trying to let people know who the yeah, next member would be. I bet. And, Go ahead. And and everything that, all of our hints could have been Chris Linesdale as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> Man. So every, every hint that we gave out. And it worked out because, you know, they were on coverage uh, for GP Vancouver. Well, I was on coverage playing against another player, and Chris Lansdale was the table judge. Right, right. We had all of these, like, hints that could have been either of us. But we tried to tilt it so that people would think of Chris first. Right, and that was, like, a huge joke. That was a huge, that was a big deal. Back then, like, Chris was really, we talked with and about him quite a lot. Yes. And then he got mad at me saying Noofy. Yeah, I remember that too. He got mad at me for a lot of stuff. (laughs) Which, you know, which I wish, like, I wish I could apologize for to Chris, because, you know what, now that I... No, you don't! It was was petty. It was petty bullshit, and I just would would apologize to Chris if I could. But I can't, so I won't. But, uh... You know what's funny? I think, I think. Remember earlier we were talking about how KYT was saying Jeremy that he was so surprised that you just got permanently added to the show. Yeah. And how like we weren't really gonna do that. We were gonna like, we were gonna like kind of showcase a bunch of people and try to like figure it out. And then all of a sudden, like you were just on the show. 
Yeah. And you were permanent. And me and me and Scotty were both like, yeah, this is, that's the thing. This is happening. Were, I think that was because of what happened at GP Calgary with you. Uh, no, it was before GP Calgary. Oh. I had that conversation with Scotty and was told all that stuff, like that you can only be on one show and you have to quit the other show and you have to do all this stuff. That happened all before GP Calgary. Because I remember at GP Calgary, I was hanging out with you guys the whole time. And yeah. that was like the, the that was the secret was that I was going to be on the next episode, right, right. Like the episode right before GP Calgary was the episode where you did the, uh, the Medina reveal, talk about what's going on in his life, that everyone kind of got all crazy about. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and then we went to the GP, and I knew what was going on, and I think Lansdale found out what was going on at the the GP, and then we kind of set up our little thing. Right. Fuck. Man, what a crazy world. But anyway, favorite AT moment, but keep it Specific moments, I don't really have any. I just love whenever we would get into what I like to call educational debates. That, that's one of the things I really love about the podcasting, what I really love about the show. Um, maybe AT moments are stuff from outside the show. Uh, that, that might even be a, a fair thing, like what the show has been able, uh, has provided for me, meeting people at Grand Prix, getting to hang out with people at awesome, like, man deprived parties, uh, going up to to Yellowknife and hanging out with the cool people at Tarmacon and all of these opportunities I've gotten from the show and the ability to sit down with people and just share what I love about the game with them and share what I love about strategy and ideas and talking higher level about judging stuff, you know? Like, even when we get into judge discussions, I love talking about the gray areas. I love talking about what the letter of the law is versus the spirit of the law and what they're trying to do and... That, that's the stuff that I like. I like being able to share my knowledge. Uh, the, the teaching aspect is just so huge for me. So that's, uh, that, that, that's where I'm at with it. It's, uh, that, that's, there's, there's no specific time. Um, it, it's more just the whole and what the show has been able to provide. And now I'm sad. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. What about you, Matthew McConaughey, Mendoza? Um, I think that similar to similar to Jeremy, it's kind of it's kind of unreal. You know, it's kind of how I, I feel like I am, am just this uh, this like dude from Kansas who just like has this branching network of people that know me. And that I talk to, you know, I talk to three different people regularly from multiple time zones in a different country. Uh, and other people all over the world listen to us. And that's, that's kind of unreal. Uh, so in that vein, GP Toronto for me was just this unreal experience where the people paid us to go there. Like, people liked us enough that they wanted to meet us. That I went, 
and people were like, uh, you know, you guys were like, hey, like, so-and-so wants to talk to you. Like, all right, cool. So-and-so wants to talk to me. And then, you know, like, it's just a really crazy thing to happen. I mean, I guess this is what, what like, S or T level fame, you know, I mean, we're lower than F, I guess. F level fame, I guess. <laughs> kind of does. Uh, I always like to say I'm a small C celebrity. <laughs> I like yeah. that, yeah. That, that, that's been my, my go-to for quite a while. So, I mean, feeling the, the, the fact that the podcast has allowed me to just feel more connected to the world and, and just the whole world, which is, which is crazy. I joke, I, feel, I joke that I feel like I'm an honorary Canadian uh, because, you know, everybody that I've met people, people all the time, uh, you know, come up to me and they, they say hi at GPs and they say hi at events. And then they, um, you know, they root me on. It's a really cool feeling. And, um, uh, I like that the A team has, uh, is an outlet for me to be more involved with a community that I love so much. Um, and give back to that community. I grew up in a game store. Uh, my my friends and you know my I I was from a small town, thirteen fourteen thousand people. Uh, I discovered magic when I was eleven, and I started hanging out at the game store, and it was the only thing that really kept me out of trouble. It kept me. Uh, like as much struggle as many time as much as I've struggled to stay on a more traditional path, you know, like four year college path or whatever. I've, that's definitely not what I've done. Uh, but magic has allowed me to to live this really unique life, and I'm, I'm proud that I get to say that, and I'm proud of what we on the A team have done, and that. Uh, We've created something that people enjoy. I mean, my favorite part of the A-Team is sort of the meta. Like, everything that it represents. That It's allowed four randos to have some sort of notoriety, to, to have a way to express themselves, and an avenue uh, for conversation, where I don't usually, you know... Uh, Earlier, I mentioned the whole being a, being among friends around the water cooler. Um, this is that for me, and podcasts allow that allow people to escape their little their their life that they may or may not like so much, and really feel like they're part of the community. And I like that the A team is that to them, it can be that to them. So in the same vein. I am excited for what's what the future holds. Uh, I'm always doing something, whether it's photographing tournaments or Casey competition or podcasting or working on the coverage team or whatever. Uh, you know, a, I may not be on the A team, but you'll always find me doing something. And uh, yeah. 
<laughs> did you um did you listen to the show before like obviously you've you'd heard of us and everything but uh-huh. like when did you start listening oh before you did <laughs> <laughs> uh pretty early that on. was a really that was a pretty good burn <laughs> <laughs> uh pretty early on i don't remember what exact episode um it was uh i don't remember smitty Okay. So, but it was you, Jay, Scotty, and Medina. Or you, Scotty, and Medina, and KYT. Yeah. So you were there when he talked about, like, when Medina left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you went through the, and then you were there when Jeremy joined, and you've gone through the phases and everything? Yeah, yeah. I tend to, you know, I tend to, what I'll, I'll fall out for, like, a month or whatever, and then I'll catch up. Right, right. Um, And then sometimes I listen weekly, and then, but yeah. That's like a long time. Yeah. I was excited to be on the A-team. I've liked KYT for a really long time. Uh, I mean, as long as I've known him, I guess. So, I mean, GP still, Vegas, like, three still, years I ago. Like, I like how he's, like, qualifying <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as, as long as I've known him. <laughs> I didn't really like him much before I knew him. Yeah. <laughs> Real prick. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta get to know KYT before you like him. (laughs) Okay, so Michigan and Nevada have to go to Hillary. If that happens, she can still win this. Mm, Nevada's not looking great. Nevada's just... Nevada's fine. Nevada has like one fucking... Yeah, Nevada looks really bad, but the... But that's expected to go Trump, no? No, it's just Nevada. No, Nevada. Nevada is usually a a Democrat, Democratic state. I'm just reading how she basically has to win Michigan and Wisconsin, or she's fucked. That's what I'm reading. So I don't think she needs to win Wisconsin. If she wins Michigan and Nevada, and then oh, she has to win Washington. How how is this actually happening? How it is. It's happening. Because how, how America is, it like... is, I mean, you guys have this in Canada, right? Where America yeah. is, is city centers, and then this is sprawl of urban, of rural people. <laughs> and rural people. Like, Honestly, like, yeah. Tight, like, progressive we, we, we city live, Where do we live? We live in Alberta. Yeah. So if you look at any of these, like if you go to like the New York Times and you go at their little thing, they got all the different states and the colors and you click on a state and you see, hey, look, every city is blue, but yeah. all of everything else is red. I guess I keep forgetting that like they have 10 times the population as us. Like we don't have we have like city centers and then and then rural people, but we don't have the amount of people rurally that you guys do. Yeah. So that doesn't happen very often. Where all the cities are blue but all of the farmers or whatever are red. Like on my crew, we we're a small crew. We only got five guys on this job. And one of the guys is a farmer. He lives out of town and whatever like that. And he wants Trump to win because he heard that Hillary killed that uh, Kennedy kid because she wanted to make sure she stayed in government. Yeah, there's all sorts of, like, it's crazy that's... the amount of bullshit that's going around. Uh, yeah, uh... And that's the thing, is that 
the biggest thing that comes out of this, this election, I think the true story of this election, well, there's the racism and there's all this, everything like that. But the true story of this election to me is that people get their fucking news from Facebook. Facebook is not a fucking news source. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, when people like Facebook is headlines put on fucking pictures that have nothing to do with fucking reality. That are made up. Anybody can make them up. Yes, absolutely. Honestly, um, well, my buddy, the electrician yeah. guy, he was part of the, the there was uh, one of the old uh, Warcraft guilds. They put out a whole bunch of uh, trolling Hillary stuff. They put out a bunch of pictures. And it was like, let's try and equalize things with Russia. And it was all about sending women to war. And it was like these Hillary-branded documents with girls going to Russia to shoot people. But the whole thing was like all the pictures were actually women in Russia in the military. And it was just supposed to be like a big troll thing. And people were sharing it. It went fucking viral. And there was like senators commenting on this. And my buddy's like, did you see what we did? Like, this is fucking hilarious. But it's not. It's embarrassing. People use fucking Facebook as news. You want to be a responsible, you're a young person, you're listening to this, you want to have an understanding of what's going on in the world, you see what's happening now, you don't understand, and two years down the road, you're going to be like, holy fuck, why did this ever happen? You know what you need to do? You need to put down the Facebook, you need to go to a news source. I don't fucking care if it's fucking right-leaning or left-leaning or whatever the case may be, buy a fucking subscription and read the fucking news. And if it says editorial, it's editorial, it's not news. Like go well, to the people Associated also press. don't understand uh, they don't understand sources like how to check for reliable sources. They don't understand what is and what isn't. Well no, but look at but and, look at look at the look at the state that our society is in where like Kim Kardashian's opinion matters, right? And like Nancy Grace has a TV show that people watch and then listen to her. Like, if Nancy Grace says uh, Mexicans are all criminals, we should deport them, there are people that listen to that and are like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. I agree. How is that, how did, how in 2016 did we get to that point? You know? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Man, I don't know what's gonna happen. If Trump wins, I like might have to fucking take a day off. When you're gonna move to Canada? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I feel I feel worse than the Americans because they have a little bit of hope in that they can maybe leave. What am I gonna do? You know what? They fucking did it to themselves and I hope that if it does happen, I feel bad for you guys, but I'm hoping that the rest of the world takes notice. I'm hoping that Canada looks at that and just says, like, geez, maybe we need to get our fucking... Yeah. Our ducks yeah. in a row. Yeah, maybe we can stop relying on everything they fucking do and just following them around like a little brother. Fuck. Justin Trudeau. The baby. other thing that pisses me <laughs> off is that I have a whole bunch of U.S. dollars saved up and it's probably worthless now. Yeah, sell, sell, sell. Oh, also, a funny thing is, it turns out the fucking Canadian Citizen and Immigration website is down. i mean it's kind of it's it's scary because trump economics is basically kansas economics uh writ large like kansas is failing uh brownback has basically cut 
there's zero income tax on uh, or zero tax on small businesses. And uh, he has basically cut taxes uh, to an unsustainable level and expecting it's the whole trickle down thing. He expects that the trickle down economics has never worked. And, and it doesn't Kansas work. is proving that it's not working. And then America is about to fall through like a Trump economic plan is the same thing. I just, the only upside for me is maybe the price of oil will go up. And if we can still pump oil through a radioactive fallout, there's still a chance for me. Anyway. Oh, my God. Um, just if it, <laughs> the Dude, the best that. part is, is that, like, <laughs> a really, really fun thing is that the, the project coordinator guy, when he was talking about it, he's like, I, I, I really like Trump. I really want to support Trump, but I didn't want to tell anybody about it. And I think that might be another little thing for this whole fucking election is that all the closet Trump voters. I'm I'm also of the same opinion, I think. Like, yeah, that like, like a lot what, of people like, are like, oh, I don't want to come across as a racist, so I'll just do it in the privacy of like, the polling box. But that's the thing. So there's such a weird fucking thing going on because Trump has allowed every fucking idiot to to basically have a megaphone. So they've he's allowed every fucking racist, every bigot, every just misogynist piece of shit to just have no shame and come out and just say like fuck black people and our president also thinks that so fucking awesome and then but on top of that okay so that's okay so fine you there's always going to be those people like when trump i mean when obama was running and there was all the stuff about how he's like a muslim Right, and then about his birth certificate, and then there was all the people saying like they would assassinate him if a black president ever showed up, and and you know, and whatever. Those people are always going to be around, but normally, normal, normal people are like, wow, like I, I might want lower taxes and harder punishment for criminals, but I mean, like the KKK endorsed you. So I I can't vote for you. Or I'm a woman. I'm a woman. And I just can't vote for somebody who thinks that it's okay to just grab him by the pussy. So that's how normal people react. But what's happening in this election is all of the crazy people are coming out and saying, like, oh, it's fine now. And then... All of the, like, I don't know if this is still true, but it was very true, like, six months ago, where, uh, where, like, all of the bros were doing it as a joke. Uh, like, oh, I'm gonna vote in Trump, because wouldn't that be hilarious, and just all of that bullshit, right? So, I think that's maybe kind of stopped, I hope. I don't know. I think I think a lot of this is a vote against Hillary where there's yeah. you're seeing a lot of like representation. You're seeing like two, three, four percents on uh in some states nine percent for like Gary Johnson type thing like that, or you're seeing Green yeah. Party votes and stuff where again 
those votes going to either the Republican or the Democrat really swings the whole state. And we're seeing, you know, a lot of young people, a lot of people, a lot of Bernie people saying, you know, I can't vote for her, so I'm going to vote for this person. Yeah. And, you know, and you like, can't blame the party voters because we're in Canada. Fuck, we have, like, multiple parties. We got yeah, parties. Yeah, no, you're right. Canada. No, you're right. But, like, here's the thing, is you guys are talking about closeted Trump voters, right? And yeah. My, my big thing is, like, who is a closeted Trump voter? Who is that person? Who says? Um, I'll tell who you. Who says? Who says? Who says I am racist and misogynist and bigoted? But I don't want anyone to know. In this time of, uh, in this time of companies being racist and bigoted and misogynistic, and the law being not equal, and the like, and no one giving a shit if the KKK endorses the president and the president talks about it openly talks about it fucking openly who could possibly be closeted who could possibly who could possibly still vote for this man and yet be afraid of what other people would think of them i i don't understand that yeah i have i just don't fucking understand that at all how can a how can not only a woman but how could any white woman vote for this person uh, how could any locker room talk they just they like like how how how, how do you how, talk how? About, they how just dismiss it they just There's think of like many, oh they hear their husband and shit like, talk what? like that and they're just like whatever that's just how men talk like that's the thing. This is this is a, a an election of the disenfranchised. It's just unfucking believable. I mean, the profile of the like the profile of the Trump voter. This is just generally is white, not college educated, uh, middle to lower class, uh, rural, Christian, a um, little bit racist, xenophobic. You know, that's that's definitely a generality, but not oh, not. Like that is a characteristic. I think xenophobic is probably better than racist. Yeah, uh, anti-trade, um, and generally pessimistic about where the country is going. Yes, like they feel disenfranchised well, like, by the fact that trade has moved, that 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 trade deals have moved jobs away, despite the fact that people don't people. Uh, if you make borders more open, worldwide GDP increases exponentially. Uh, but you can't. But then there has to be like the haves and the haves-nots in parts of history, and yeah. we're not seeing. To mention, not to mention <laughs> so, that nobody wants to buy a fucking car that was built by fucking people in America making more than eight cents a day. Like you know how much your fucking Nikes would be worth if fucking eight-year-old Filipino kids weren't making them. Like you wouldn't be able to afford it, guy working at McDonald's for minimum wage. Yeah, and people tend to forget that. When you send, like Shenzhen, China, for example, everybody talks about that and how that you know that's where Apple manufactures their their stuff and of tons. It's a huge manufacturing center. Uh, people always complained about like, oh, well, they, there's these you know they're getting paid shit wages, they're whatever. But what nobody is telling you is that there's this growing middle class that's actually outside the city, and that the income that has funneled into the city due to this new manufacturing because that's where it's cheap to manufacture, has allowed that area to prosper. 
and eventually grow out of that. And then, uh, you know, like Henry Ford said, Henry Ford said, I want all of my employees to be able to buy my car. You know, we send manufacturing over there. They get money. They get to buy stuff from us. It's just kind of, it's, but people don't forget that people for, you know, they, they're so locked into what they, like what is affecting them. They don't, you can't really tell people this stuff, especially so these people like, who are not college educated, who are not, you know, they don't, they're, I, I don't, I don't want to sound too general. Okay. I don't want to sound the insulting. The New York Times currently has Hillary in the lead now. See, that's why this is so For stupid. Electoral like, college. This is, this always just happens. It's like, who fucking, the other, you know, the other issue I have too is like, they don't teach any of this in. I'm not college educated, but they don't teach any of this in any level of school I've ever been through. And then on top of that, there's so many single issue voters. You know, people always say like it's really important that you vote, and it's really important that you know everybody gets out and votes, and blah blah blah. And like as someone who never votes ever, this is the first. This election and the last election are the first ones that I've ever voted in. Would or well, not? Obviously, I'm not vote, like voting in the American one, but uh, but it, the Canadian election and the and then this one are the are the first ones I would ever vote in. I've ever voted right, and there's so many fucking people that are single issue voters. So they're like, yeah, I I don't hate blacks, I don't hate Muslims, I don't hate uh, Mexicans. I don't agree with Locker Talk. I don't like any of the stuff that he said. I don't like that he, you know, is a racist, xenophobic bigot. But you know what? I just think that two dudes fucking is against the Holy Bible. So I'm not voting for a Democrat. I'm going to vote hey, for Trump. How can I, you? I think we have to give. I think we have to give America credit. This is the first election that I haven't been bombarded with Jesus. No, I don't think that. So here's the thing: is I think that the one issue voter thing, in uh, Trump has found out this one issue voter is like this election. The one issue comes down to taxes and trade. Uh, because if you if you look at who's voting for Trump, it's basically these people who are anti taxes, anti trade, and that's been his platform the whole time. That's what. Uh, you know, and and you can't say that he's religious. He's obviously not from the Christian conservative right. Uh, he's just he just had like he doesn't even understand what it means to be pro life or pro choice. No, like fuck the last time, <laughs> so, like, the last time that there was a campaign, they were like, oh, you know, this person's like like they talk about Hillary's husband being unfaithful, right? The whole Monica Lewinsky issue, as if that affects. How Hillary Clinton would be as a president. They don't talk about the fact that Donald Trump has three wives and three children from three different wives and is banging someone that's 40 years younger than him. All of these things that the supposed old conservative white person doesn't like. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's pissing me off. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, <laughs> nice country, bro. Yeah, fuck. Oh, yeah, fuck. now Trump is like crushing again. Uh, All right, and yeah. <laughs> ending three hundred on such a sad <laughs> note. So, hey, so, so Supreme Court sad. justices that don't think that the internet's real and it's a series of tubes and 
Oh no. Women don't have the right to their own body and all that kind of good shit, so. It's 2016. It's 2016. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's what our prime minister says. Like, it's fucking 2016. Oh, just Trudeau for the win, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can he just, can we just be, can we, like, just have Trudeau and just be part of Canada, please? Because it's 2016. Don't bring up Trudeau to Gary Johnson. He has no idea who he is. <laughs> oh man. Um, the so three hundred. Yeah. A little bit of magic. A little bit of po- politics. A little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of reflection. Matt. Yeah. If if, if Trump wins, are they going to send you back to Venezuela? <laughs> no. That's right. You don't have at least four grandparents that were born in America, so Trump you doesn't. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fuck. Ann Coulter is my spirit animal. I'm like, who the fuck is Ann Coulter? Like, I need a, I need an angry Google because I just googled who the fuck <laughs> is Ann Coulter, and I don't think it's gonna come up with anything. Who the fuck? Who the fuck? I don't know. She says enough stuff that there might actually be a result for that. <laughs> oh, actually, that's true. Okay, here she is. She's a conservative social and political commentator. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, this is another Nancy Grace. Fuck. Like, what qualifies her to say something like that? And then uh, She have... says shitty things that shitty people like to hear. Like, fuck! You know that that was an actual Nazi... Uh policy right yeah yeah like it was funny on cbc radio a guy's like i don't know why you compare trump to hitler that's such a rude thing to say what would you do that and the on-air guy's like well i don't know i guess if you look at the way trump's been running his campaign and you were to put that into a dictionary or something like that you probably see hitler you know maybe it's the you know wanting to uh nationalize everything uh maybe it's the whole uh uh <laughs> Focusing on, you know, the the true American and getting rid of immigration and all that stuff. Maybe it's the what do you how do you how do you say that word? Dem- demagogue? I I I know I, I know the word demagogue. Go, the yeah, whole yeah. demagogue principle of Trump where I, I don't know what a single policy is. You know, all I know is that this is wrong and it's gonna be great. This is a catastrophe. But it's going to be great. Like, why is it going to be great? How is it going to be great? I haven't heard any of that. In, in all of the debates, Hillary had him destroyed because she actually had substance. Whereas all he did was say, this is shit, and it's going to be better. This is shit, and it's going to yeah. be better. Like, But I don't know how it's going to be better. Now, I don't know. Maybe he puts together a good fucking leadership group. He gets a good secretary of state and all these types of things. And he actually gets some politicians and they reel him in. I don't know. Like even the people saying, you know, the, the politicians will take over once he becomes president. Just the fact that he gets to talk to people as the president is kind of scary. Yeah. Like here's a great chief. Yeah, here's a great quote from Ann Coulter. Three days after September 11. Uh, air, 
airports scrupulously apply the same laughably ineffective airport harassment to Susie Chapstick as to Muslim hijackers. It is preposterous to assume every passenger is a potential crazed homicidal maniac. We know who the homicidal maniacs are. They're the ones cheering and dancing right now. We should invade their countries, kill their leaders, and convert them all to Christianity. Because, you know, Christians never went to war, killed civilians all over nothing. They never invaded and took land and raped and pillaged and murders for no reason. That's never happened in all of Christianity. Uh, we weren't punctilious about locating and punishing only Hitler and his top officers. We carpet-bombed German cities. We killed German civilians. That's war, and this is war. What the fuck? How? You know what pisses me off? Is the news people are such pussies that they'll never call anyone out. Like... I mean, we're kind of like that now, too, I guess. But this goes back to, like... Whatever, dude. When, when we were talking about... When we were talking about, like, the stuff with Patrick Chapin, right? And we were just, like, back in the day, we would just say stuff that pissed us off. If somebody was pissing us off, we just shit on them, right? If we went to a GP, and the GP was run poorly, we shit all over that company, because... I can do that as a person with free speech and blah, blah, blah. But then, like, as it gets more complicated, you can't really do that anymore. And it's such a joke to watch that happen on the news. Like, I've seen it on the news many times where somebody like this, like, any of these Trump supporters come on. And I'm sure that there are smart Republican people. I'm sure there's a reason why you would vote Republican and all this stuff. But, like, they don't get that. They get the person that's going to get ratings. So they get the person that is, like, this racist bigot. And they bring them on, and they say all this just terrible shit. And then nobody on the TV says anything to them. They're just like, okay, that is very interesting. (laughs) Thank you for coming on the show and giving us your time. Like... Why aren't you saying, like, uh, how could you possibly think that all Muslims are terrorists? How could you possibly think that all Mexicans are rapists and criminals? Like, why isn't anyone... Why? Why is that happening? I don't get it. I do take issue with your use of the word pussy. Well, I don't care. I think that's apropos to how the A-team operates. Yep. Yeah, it just, I don't understand it. Anyway. Good show. <laughs> Good show. Good show. Our episode's like two and a half hours. Is that, is that short enough for Kyle or no? We could talk yeah. more. We could talk more, Kyle. Kyle, so, who refuses to be on an episode of the A-Team. Um, maybe we can end this by summing up what, what we might be doing in the future. Matt mentioned that he'll always be doing something, and he mentioned it to us before the show that he, he plans to transition back into Magic Full Gear around December, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I will be doing something, maybe making more videos. Probably not Probably not streaming. I don't want to do uh, the Jay Bush <laughs> experiment and have three people <laughs> watch me. So... Probably going to dabble in, in different, uh, maybe start writing articles again or, or, you know, doing a different type of cast. Um, I've passed along Men From Moto to Travis Sowers, and he's doing it with another guy, and I've been overseeing that a bit. So he just released an episode last Friday. So working on a bunch of different stuff. So 
I will still be very, very much around, if not uh, more so in the coming uh, couple of weeks. So excited about that. And I just finished second and then ninth in my last two PPTQs with blue-white flash. Hopefully I'll get there. Uh, it's been close. It's, it's a really, really, really good deck. And I think I'm going to win one of these things with the deck soon. Uh, Jay, what okay. can we expect from you? Okay, one uh, quick question. One quick uh, comment on this. Are you still doing the Rachel Mack show? I am still doing the Rachel Mack Locker. show. Locker. Actually, I haven't been doing it. Uh, I, I think I haven't recorded one in two months now, but uh, we whoa, did whoa, 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 whoa. last you night. Recorded two months? Yeah, yeah, last night you did one, didn't you? I did. I, did. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> so I see how it is. Check me out on that for non-MTG content. We talked about Durf's trip uh, in Portugal and all that good stuff. So, Jay? Uh, what upcoming project may we see you in with all the fans that are lusting you know, I, for their Jay content? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've been toying around with a few ideas. I I think... I I mentioned it earlier, but I think I I like doing this. I just didn't. I just don't like doing it about magic only. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like like Jeremy said, the obligation was magic, and I just can't do that anymore. So um, I will probably be doing another show. Um, board games are really popular right now. It will probably be something about that. But I don't think I really want to narrow myself down to one thing, you know? Some of the best shows we've had is where we just talk about a lot of different shit, so I might do that. <laughs> do it on the Star Wars miniatures game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking A. Digital <laughs> yourself again. Yeah. I'm going to have a my Star Wars miniature, so I can't do that. Ah, oh, fuck. I was hoping to, like, draft you. Yeah, sorry, bro. Damn it, you fucked me. <laughs> and what about you, Gerald? What, what can we look uh, for more Jeremy content in the near future? Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to try and do my, my video show thing. So if anybody out there has graphics knowledge and wants exposure and probably money because exposure don't pay rent, um, hit me up. I, I need some, like, overlays because I'm just terrible at that shit. And I wouldn't mind having a nice little fucking intro video thing because I want to do more video side stuff. Um, and then obviously, like, trying to get the audio stuff. So I, I think the the funny thing out of all of this is we're all talking about our projects, and I just feel bad for Kyle because, like... He's going to have four podcasts to edit now? Well, no, no, no. He Obviously, obviously <laughs> Kyle has a say in this. No, he but, but Kyle, I think, is going to have a really tough time coming up with creative ways of saying, no, I don't want to help you with that. But in that Kyle way, that just, like, is so sweet, you know, because th- that's the thing. Kyle has always been the secret weapon. <laughs> like, if any of us do a show with any hopes for success, it's it's Kyle. So. At least we're going to find out who Kyle loves more. So That's true. I'm I think, I think he's going to end up editing Jay's cast, but like go under the pseudonym so that we don't get offended. Yeah, I'd like to... I, you show me a place where Jay's not going to tell Kyle off in the middle of the episode if Kyle's not doing the work. Oh, I, I don't think that Jay could keep that secret. I just don't think it's in him. 
<laughs> I'll be like, just edit that out. Carrie. <laughs> Damn. Shit. But man, they're like ninety-five percent sure that Trump's gonna win. What the fuck? Yeah. God damn it! This is unfucking believable. Yeah. yeah, you need like, I think you need Michigan and Wisconsin probably to flip. We need multiple top decks here. But how do they yeah. do that? How do they? They can't do that, right? Yeah, they can, because right now Michigan only has 64% reporting. So you just need more of the votes that come in to be for Hillary than for Trump. Yeah. There's still an outside. Eventually you get to a point, though, where you're just, you're not going to have like whole reporting centers that are going to be strictly one candidate or the other. So eventually that's how they call states before everyone's done reporting, because it's just statistically impossible right. for somebody to come back. I see. Okay. Fuck. I gotta go to bed. This is depressing. Yep. Alright. Goodbye, so, everyone. Uh, do you think Goodbye there's gonna forever. be nice TV trials? Like, do, is Hillary Clinton gonna be, like, tried on television? What? Well, because Trump said he was gonna put her in jail. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Do I get to watch that on TV? Well, they gotta do something for season two. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye forever. Goodbye, not you forever. <laughs> Goodbye, I'll see you guys forever. soon. I'll see you guys soon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. They're Thank gonna love it when we come back next week with another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with Chris Lansdale instead of this guy. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. What? One last time Relax, have a drink with me One last time Let's take a break tonight And then we'll teach them how to say goodbye To say goodbye You and I Talk about neutrality. Sure. With Britain and France on the verge of war, is this the best I time? I want to warn against partisan fighting. What? Pick up a pen, start writing. I want to talk about what I have learned, the hard-won wisdom I have earned. As far as the people are concerned, you have to serve. You could continue to serve. One last time, the people will hear from me. One last time. And if we get this right, we're gonna teach them how to say goodbye.